I can say without a doubt that the most advanced yoga I have ever done is raising children. And I used to wrap my legs behind my head every morning before coffee. My name is Sarah Ezrin. I'm a writer, yoga teacher, content creator, and the mom to two young boys. I recently wrote the book, The Yoga of Parenting, 10 yoga-based practices to help you stay grounded, connect with your kids, and be kind to yourself. One of the highlights of this journey has been sitting down with parents from all around the world to hear how yoga has informed their parenting. Their stories are fascinating, funny, raw, and sometimes heartbreaking. I spoke with step-parents, single-parents, grandparents, and though everyone's identities and family structures are completely different, all of these parents have the same intention, to parent from a place of connection. I am honored to share these stories with all of you in this limited series podcast, The Yoga of Parenting. Well, I'm very excited because as I was mentioning before we started, you are my first couple on the podcast, Adam and Holly Hustler. And I honestly, before I even thought of the podcast, I wanted to sit down and talk to both of you um, about this journey because it was like right when I was birthing the book and, and my second son, you had birthed your son. And I think you've got lots to share with us being conscious couples, conscious parents, and and all those things. But just really quickly, I want to tell you uh, the world a little bit about you, though, that I'm sure they already know. So, Holly, I didn't realize that you um, you had started the Sound Sisters community, which is so cool, um, and being a conscious musician. And so, you know, maybe later we can talk a little bit about how the, the yoga weaves into your music yeah. and, and bringing, you know, the sound healing and all of that beautiful stuff and how that then comes into your parenting. And then Adam, and I met like 10 years ago when, you know, I mean, so you were one of the original boys of yoga that our mutual <laughs> friend, Michael James Wong founded. Um, you're an, you created alignment based vinyasa or that this is your signature style. Um, and what I really, really love about all of your content and everything that you share in the world is just, and, and you do it this is so beautifully with Holly as well on your podcast is um, just how real you all are and, you know, calling us, it's like, the sides of ourselves that people will sometimes hide in embarrassment that you bring to the surface and are like, we're human. This is normal, mm -hmm. right? This mm -hmm. is, this is the silly things we do when we show up to a class early. These are the, this is the part, these are the parts of our characters and ourselves that we're willing to look at and, and you bring it to the surface in this really beautiful and hilarious way. And, <laughs> um, and so I'm really excited to talk parenting with both of you because I, I just, I can only imagine uh, what we're going to get into. So my very first question is, are you sleeping? <laughs> I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's it goes in waves. And I've, I've realized you never get to this perfect point where you're there and it's all sorted out. And when you're kind of close to that point, it all changes again anyway. So you've just got to kind of take every day and every night as it comes. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm still I'm still getting there's this whole obsession. I don't know if you find it with uh, with babies sleeping through the night. And I got quite hooked on that for a time before I started thinking he's not going to want my boob when he's 18. So I'm just yeah. trying to find the joy in waking up still at four in the morning when he cries to go and feed him and know it's not going to last forever. And yes, I'm a bit sleep deprived, but I can deal with it. If it means I get to have those special moments with him at night. Um, it's getting better, isn't it? The sleep. <laughs> slowly, yeah, we, we did a course. So we did a course about this American lady who's quite popular, uh, Quite a firm course. Maybe what did we do? Six months we did that. 
Yes, five five. And that really helps us get through, get some stability and get some structure. Mm. And so we committed to that for quite a while. But now as like the hot nights come in in the UK, it's quite hot at the moment Mm. and we could be just dehydrated. Now that he is sleeping through the bulk of the middle of the night, we're both being a bit more like lax on it and just saying, actually, just yeah, just feed him. It's fine. Yeah. Let him have a drink of water. Let him drink of milk. It's fine. I say that like I'm doing it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> He's running in with my beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm chilled. Well, I, I was mostly joking when I asked you because you know it is, and I love that you both had like that. I love this answer, and it's so important for everybody to hear this because my first was a pretty good sleeper. My second was not. There was no sleeping through the night, and it was the same thing. I was like. I'm feeding him at 10 and then I'm feeding him at 4 a.m. But it's like I got those couple of hours in between, like, you know, whatever you're functioning on. So I promise you, you know, I I was mostly kidding, but I love that you have (laughs) such an intentional answer about it. And I really love the approach. and, And I'm curious how your yoga practice influenced it of realizing this is all temporary. Because I think a lot of us go go into new motherhood and new fatherhood and you get really bogged down in the details and it's like, get them to sleep, sleep through the night. You know, Mm -hmm. you take these courses, but you both have this, this knowledge, right? It's kind of in the background of this is all temporary. Did your, is your yoga practice lead into that? Is that just, is it, you know, the culture these days where we hear 18 summers, where, where do you think, or is it just like watching him change every five seconds? Where, where do you think that comes from for both of you? For me, I, I genuinely do not know how anyone hopes with parenthood having not ever practiced yoga before. <laughs> you know, we all have our, our moments, don't we? And I think I could only deal with this if I'd, if, if I'd done yoga, which I have, thankfully. So I, I'm every single day grateful to have had a few years of practice under my belt to be able to help me to understand, you know, that things are just temporary and to let things go and to surrender to this, this motherhood flow that maybe mm-hmm. I would cling to if I hadn't, um, you know, I'd try and control and manipulate and have it my way if I hadn't done the yoga practice. Yeah, so many things. I think it's, it's, it's not just the yoga, though. I think a big part of it is that when you do yoga, you then become part of this kind of wider community and subculture. Like you, you don't end up hanging out with people that are in the pub every night. You don't end up hanging out with people that are just obsessed with like 6am to 10am jobs that they hate, but they're doing it because they want a new Rolex. You hang out and get exposed to different ideas. So even if it wasn't about like a long-term yoga practice, just by being exposed to more conscious individuals in your life really helps. They're kind of like a byproduct of yoga. And I always say like the effect, the effects of yoga tend to be quite hidden. Like Holly and I have had that conversation before, mm-hmm. but you know, the long-term yoga practice that both of us have had, it, you know, to be honest, like, I can do less in my body now. I, I probably <laughs> peaked about six years ago uh, in terms of like putting my leg behind my head and the like. But you know, when good things or bad things happen, we're just more balanced and more able to see things as they are and respond in a loving, kind way. And I think it, it changes who you are. And you don't think, oh, this is my yoga practice coming in. It just fundamentally changes you on a mm. deeper level if you have that long-term practice. Or not even, sorry, you carry yeah, no, I was just going to say, not even change. I was actually thinking about this in the, in the shower earlier, about the, the, the yamas and the niyamas and how they, for me, it's not that yoga changes you, but That's it, so, it so almost... That's so you think... I know, but I do. It's, it's, I'm like, a yogi and I think about the yamas <laughs> and the yamas in the shower. Honestly, I, I draw them. Because <laughs> Were you doing hutita hasta parangustasana while shaving your leg? I was holding my toe in it. But for me, they're kind of these truths that they're already inside of us, 
but the yoga practice helps to bring them up to the surface and helps us to remember, you know, oh, love comes first, love and compassion comes first, then, you know, speak with truth, et cetera, et cetera, rather than it changing who we are. It's like, this is really who we are. It's just bringing us back to that remembrance, if that makes sense. I, I, mean, I love that people. so much. And I, you know, I mean, that's, that was something that my teacher Mati Israti had said, where it's like, yoga is not changing you into something different. It's a return to who you are. And I found that parenthood is kind of similar because we go into it and we think we're being transformed into, you know, these, and, and you're still very much in the early days. So like, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, I, I like, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to even say, cause I want, you know, matrescence, like you're still very much in it. I don't know if it's patrescence, like when the early dadhood, mm-hmm. but you know, you go through this change, you are transforming. It feels like you're becoming something different, but really mm-hmm. it's the melting away of all those external things that we were hanging on to and attaching to, to get back to the core of who we are and Mm -hmm. what's most important, right? How we want to spend our time, what we want to do, maybe old, you know, interests get sparked again or, you know, and and that really is the yoga. It's exactly like you peaked Mm -hmm. with your leg behind your head. I've been talking, I just texted Renee, our mutual friend at Yoga Journal, like about an article about peaking. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I think my teaching is peaked and that that's okay because now you're on a different trajectory and a, and a different buildup. Um, I love the idea of the yamas and the niyamas. And I love the idea of, you know, being conscious and being balanced. But I also love you guys because you're super real. So when you're exhausted, because that is, you know, whether, whether they're sleeping through the night or not, you're, you're tired once you have a kid. You're both exhausted. How do you continue to be kind to one another What's the quickest way to come back together when there is a disruption and how is the yoga influencing that or not? I think before you bring another being into a relationship, whether that be a child or a dog or whatever it might be. (laughs) I got one underneath me. Yeah. I think you need to sort yourself out first. And actually, even before that, before you even enter a relationship, you need to sort yourself out first. If you're lucky enough to have the time. If you have the time and space to do that and the free and, and the freedom mm. and support to leave bad relationships to actually get to the good one. But I think both of us did a huge amount of work on ourselves that meant that when we actually came together, the couple, we both knew what we wanted in mm. life. And we both realised that fundamentally our happiness is, dep- is linked to the happiness of the other. So why would we have a petty argument to make the other one sad? That's going to make us sad, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you see, you hear couples that say, oh, we never row. And then, you know, secretly they hate each other. But like genuinely, like, we, we don't, or we just nip it in the bud straight away. Because I guess we're not, I would call it analytical for me, that's my mind, is that I think about each action and potential reaction and what the aims are of my behaviour. And ultimately, it always comes back down to wanting the best for the people I love and also selfishly wanting the best for me because I want to live in a nice household where people care for each other. And so it's been a fairly smooth transition to parenthood, I'd say, in terms of our relationship with each other because mm. uh, we've always got each other's back mm. uh, and we're quite transparent with how we feel. And I, I think I heard is it with Brené Brown. I think it might have been her on a podcast the other day with Tim Ferriss saying that you know when she gets in, from uh, a day at work, a relationship is never 50-50. Yeah, she my might, husband just showed me this, yeah, last night. Yeah, she Share might really it. say, yeah, like, I have, I'm a seven out of 10 today. So he's like, yeah. okay, cool, I'm a three out of 10, so you need to look after me. Uh, <laughs> and, and I guess that we, we kind of do that, but without doing that in a mm-hmm. sense, yeah. 
so it was like the seven out of 10 or three out of 10, but he doesn't say you have to look after me because she, I think that, that, that she, what's says, gonna, yeah, yeah. she, she has the space, you know, if she has, you know, 70% of the energy and he's at 30% or 20%, yeah. she has the wherewithal to be like, you know what, I can step in for you. And, and other, but cause she also uses the example of both of them coming home and both of them being at 30% and then having the wherewithal to be like, I can't carry you right now. You know, I, I can't. So there's not the expectation, but also like, you know, sitting down and being able to talk about, you know, how, how are we going to approach this? Do you have yeah. help? I mean, who, is it just the two of you or do you have family around who's helping? Yeah, we're really lucky. So we moved from London uh, a few years ago, back to my roots where I'm from in Surrey and my mom and dad are 20 minutes down the road. Perfect. Um, and they are the most doting grandparents you could ever wish for. So yeah, we're really, really lucky. It makes it, it makes a huge difference. It was, it was, yeah, it was intentional. Yeah. But we moved back for that, not yeah. just for that reason. And I think that helps as well, doesn't it? When you've got people, because you, well, you know what it's like, even as a mum, if you have, you know, half an hour to yourself, it can make all of the difference just to recharge the batteries and be a better mum. And yeah, so we're lucky. What are you doing these days, both of you, for your personal practices and how are you recharging your batteries? And, you know, maybe it's not, you you know, out of studies there and you're not laughing your leg behind your head anymore. But <laughs> what does it look like and when you're fueling yourself under what we would consider yoga as an umbrella? Yeah, that's, that's been tough to navigate because I had a meditation practice and I was um, practicing yoga, being asana before Sunny came along. And obviously you had to give all of that up for a time. And for me, it's just been sort of one one thing slowly at a time, introducing it back into into life. And I've only just actually this morning got back on the yoga mat in a real life studio, which was just absolutely amazing since Sunny has come into the world. Uh, and I've said it quite a lot on podcasts that I think that being a parent in itself is a huge spiritual practice without having to sit down at an altar and meditate and be present. You know, being with your baby is is almost like a practice of presence in itself. And uh, yeah, that, so that's that's me at the moment. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Not much going on in the way of formal practice, but baby. And I, yeah. I do, I just want to really reflect real quick, like parenting is yoga. So I 100%, but yeah, we're just speaking like, you know, mantra meditation, but yes, you were doing yoga every single second of every day when you were with your kids <laughs> and in relationship, any relationship. What about you, Adam? Yeah. What's it looking like? Well, I, I segment it slightly. Like for me, I always believe there is a formal and an informal practice. And I think the, the formal practice is really important. And for me, the formal practice is the meditation, the asana, whatever it might be, the back to yoga. And then for me, anything off that is me using what I've gained from yoga in my normal life, as it were, and putting it to the test. <laughs> uh, and actually, so my formal practice has really died down. But let's say pre-sunny, I filled up a battery. And I'm, 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 maybe that battery is now at 20% <laughs> of what I've stocked up in terms of formal practice battery. So I think I need to start formalizing the practice again because I, I won't be able to run off that rebuilt yoga battery forever so starting recently the formal practice has beginning again like small bits of meditation little bits of breath work and it's capture moments because i've got the issue where i'm working in london when i'm in london i'm flat out like three four days i'm just flat out back to back back to back traveling across then when i'm at home i'm trying to be a parent and be present and then i can be a household i've got an old cottage so it always needs work all the project work uh, so it's very hard to slide stuff in. And I'm realizing actually from a longevity perspective, lifting weights is more useful 
at this point in time. And yeah, I'm always thinking now from a physical perspective, what can I do to help me live as long as I can, as well as I can for the sake of my little child. Oh. And that's a, that's a big motivator for me now. But I like, I actually like flexibility wise and I know acid is more than flexibility, but it's just not the most urgent thing for my body at the moment. The most urgent thing is building strength and stability, which you know, so I know some people say, oh, my weight's my yoga practice. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe it is a formal practice. So that's what I'm doing more of, but I am going to start introducing more and more formal practice in the form of meditation and some soft asana soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I am very much of that camp and, and being 41, having had a shoulder surgery and reconstruction, then having two kids breastfeeding still, you know, I've basically been breastfeeding for the last four years, you know, um, I also am much more into the strength building and the weights and going slower, but also, you know, treating the meditation and the mantra and, you know, those things as, as part of the, I love the idea of the formal and the informal. Adam, how do you know when your your tank is is depleting? What what tells you that you're at twenty percent? What are you noticing in your day to day? Mood. Like I'm, I'm pretty much chill. Like I pretty much have a constant like chilled out level. I never really get stressed particularly. Is that true? But I just. <laughs> Which I was just thinking, it manifests in in your you get neck pain sometimes. I think. It's oh yeah, again, not in my neck physically. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm pretty. Even I don't get over excited. I don't get over sad. I just want to deal with things. What do you say? Yeah, I'm like the excitable one, and yeah. uh, always constant. <laughs> but but it, it's more just. What I think the way it manifests for me is getting more concerned about stuff, getting more concerned about future, and just letting letting narratives keep playing through the day, like unuseful, unnecessary narratives, allowing them to keep going, rather than catching them, realizing their futility, and moving on. And that's, that's the way I realize my tank is getting slim, the inability to deal with the narratives quite as quickly. What are some of the narratives are you willing to share? Like, I, I guess, you know, some of them is just concerned that I'm not on top of work in terms of the projects, concerned that I'm not making enough in enough ways to build security for the future. Uh, always concerned that I'm not making the most of every single opportunity available to me at all times. Those kind of things. Yeah, no, no big deal. Just the entire weight of the family, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) and then I always think it's really nice to do as well, just as a check in with your own, how you are in every sense. Uh, And I've done it a few times in my life, like a little pie chart. Mm -hmm. You have a little pie chart, one for like health and fitness, one for finances, one for relationship. And you kind of just chart out where you are. On each of those things. Do you have a secret physical one somewhere? Or is it all in your head? No, I have it all in my head, but like definitely <laughs> like my physical one. I quite like being strong and big. And I'm still bigger than most. And I'm still fitter than most people my age, but it's not not as much as I would like. <laughs> but I, I love the pie chart. And when I teach about boundaries or lead some of the, the yoga parenting workshops that are specifically about boundaries, I have people do that because we think boundaries and it's like you think about like oversharing, right? Or like, you know, your boundaries with other people, but what about your internal energy boundaries with yourself? Where are you giving all of your attention? And like, it it has to change and it has to constantly cycle. You're still in early days. Like you're not even at the end of the first year yet. Right. So Sunny's going to take up a large portion of that, but then where are you taking from to give back to, you know, where's Holly falling on there? Where's Adam falling on yours? And then where are you falling yourself? Right. What are you guys doing for yourselves? And I like one of the questions I was dying to ask you both is, you know, you're doing the podcast together. You, you know, you, you have a new baby. 
It's stopping. Holly's taking well, a sabbatical. You know what? This is a really oh. good example, actually, okay. because Tell me. I think as I'm not sure if it's as a mum, especially, well, probably as a mum, especially you, you've, I almost felt like I had to keep doing everything the same, but you know what it's like. I still don't have words sometimes for what motherhood is and how I'm feeling and, and changing and transitioning. Um, and you know, your head is constantly full of lists and there's not just you to think about anymore. And I'm, you know, constantly thinking, is he, is he warm enough at night? And, you know, what, what have I got to pack for him tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. So I just thought this is actually draining me, like the amount I'm thinking about Sunny and not being able to think about, you know, my work and, um, you know, making a living, et cetera, and all the other things that I've got to do as well. Um, I just thought like, what can go, what needs to go? And hey. <laughs> yeah, so I had to adapt the door, basically. <laughs> and the podcast, as much as I love doing it, it just felt more draining than nourishing. Um, not because I don't love, you know, having chats, but it was just another thing that I had to kind of think about and do the research. Mm. And I thought, for now, I'm just going to, while I'm in this state, it's... I just need to take a break from it. Yeah. It's like a three-hour process. Mm. Like, just recording yeah. it, the researching, the setting up the cameras, moving stuff around. Yeah. It's a good three hours. So you know, now... Even the wires drained me. Just looking at the wires, I was like, I cannot deal with this right yeah. so I think what so what we're doing with the podcast is Holly's going to keep coming on to episodes where she knows the people well and she likes them and loves them etc but when it's normal guests maybe as well, back to winter I'll come, I'll yeah. come back again yeah yeah. so if, if, to any future guest on a podcast if Holly's there it's because she really really likes you keep that in mind all the yoga teachers <laughs> listening but that's an example of your chart right that's so you that was your like in your head you were going through your pie chart and all the yeah, energy yeah. was going to sunny and then you know you even were breaking down in your your dharma and in your career and there what yeah. are the things that were draining you and that was taking up a lot of space and it yeah. was not bringing you joy yeah. so it's it's as simple as that and I I have to do things that bring me joy I find it really draining to do anything with work or anything that doesn't light me up you know yeah you know that's a really good example with Adam was we'll just do exercise because it needs to be done and tick a box and he's fine with that whereas I can't just sit on a bike and and pretend that I'm happy and just you know tick the box exercise done I have to enjoy it I have to go Mm. to a dance class or you know with a great community of women and feel good when I'm doing it I just really struggle to do things that don't bring me joy everything (laughs) yeah and when you have a kid it really cuts through all the noise of, you know, saying yes to the things that don't matter. So how are you managing your energy then, Adam, with, because you are so busy, you're sought after, you are, you know, you and Michael are traveling, our our friend, Michael James Wong, uh, you know, you guys were traveling a lot, at least before, I think you're a little bit more grounded now. He's still on the road all the time, even with the twins. How are you managing, you know, the pressure that you talked about before of, obviously having to earn income to support, you know, to contribute to the support of the family, but also, you know, managing your energy and, you know, still having something left in your reserve for your family and home. Like pre-parenting, I thought it could go two ways. I thought either I would just want to make all the money for the family and just want to work at all times to provide, or I could just want to be with the baby the whole time. And that's kind of what's happened. I just want to be at home (laughs) with Sunny. Uh, and I'm still traveling a lot, but we're we're like by the end of this year, Sunny will be in I think ten different countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're taking I don't know I'm bringing Holly everywhere to do sound healings or at least one or two workshops. Sunny can come with us. We we've made sure that you know we're not doing any really distant trips like no Sri Lanka or Bali. Mm. Uh, you know we're not doing those kind of travels. We're just going around Europe, places that are relatively easy. Uh, I think even next year, like I've said no to a Namibia retreat, but we're going to Canada because it's kind of mm. easier and a bit safer, et cetera, left to think about. Uh, 
So we're making things work mm. and and it's shifted my focus, you know, from I would often teach every weekend like internationally, but also teach 17 classes a week in London. And actually, no, I really don't want to be, you know, I've earned my stripes a long time ago mm. just teaching public classes. I love public classes. And I think it's important that teachers teach some public classes. But I think, you know, a teacher that just teaches like on an intellectual level trainings will soon lose touch with actually how you apply that to normal random people that drop into a class. So I think it's important to still teach a few public classes, but I've realized actually, like I've just can't, tomorrow is my last time teaching a Saturday double. Mm-hmm. And I've taught a Saturday double for like seven years, every Saturday morning. So actually I'd rather either use that to make money more efficiently through workshops and trainings or just be with my family on a, on a Saturday morning. That's a good example. So just being a little bit more intelligent with how I try and use use my time and try and do other things just to make money more efficiently, I guess, as it were. Yeah, the more the more quality of it. And you are working again, right? You, Holly, you're back doing your sound healings. And yeah. um, I'm so curious about the conscious music and if that, yeah. you know, maybe singing lullabies to Sunny, how those oh. those play into each other. But how are you balancing right now being a new mom? Because, you know, I think we're new moms until they're like 18. And also, you know, starting to reignite your career, because let's be honest, too, as a breastfeeding mom, you know, is as involved and wonderful as our husbands are. Um, there is a physical uh, attachment and a physical component yeah. that is hard to, you know, you, like you said, he's not going to bring your boob into the room, right? Late at night. <laughs> he, so. he just, we, he just take bottles, doesn't he? So we have a yeah. time. Like, yeah. Holly, left him for like a, two days while she's taught a training just, yeah. just with Dada. Yeah, I did, a, uh, I did my second Tri-Yoga training last two weekends ago so he does take a bottle luckily but yeah in the early days I think I, I think I've had maybe three months completely off I mean I was still dipping my toe in the Instagram world and things like that but I'm very lucky because I genuinely love what I do and it's something it, it never well obviously some bits of it drain me but I'm trying to make it so that it all parts of it fill me up and nourish me it's, it's having a purpose isn't it and it's um yeah, no, I really, really love it. And I, I don't feel like I'd actually want to be away from it for too long because as much as I love, you know, Sonny so much and being with him, it gives me something else to to think about and do and make my little part of the world, you know, brighter in my own little way. So, yeah, I, I think what having a baby does, it, it makes you simplify or want to simplify things. And before I think I was saying yes to so many different things and going here, there and everywhere. And now I'm focusing on leading trainings and um, my membership, which is called Sound Sisters Community, which is like an online sound healing membership. And I'm lucky because my commute used to be from North London all the way um, on the Northern line down to Brixton with all of my bowls in rush hours, sometimes raining through Brixton and, you know, like a good hour and a half either way. And now it's a 12 second walk to the studio outside, which we're so lucky to have. Um, So I do a lot of stuff online in there and then lots of local things too. Yeah, I'm really just kind of taking it day by day and just feeling into what feels aligned uh, currently and just somehow making it work. And I think it helps that Adam's self-employed as well and we can just sit and kind of look at the timetable each week and work out who can have sunny when. And yeah, that's, that's really how we're doing it at the moment. I've, I've never been, never been much of a five year plan kind of person. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just rolling and hoping for the best, to be honest. We've got to the point now where both of us are at the stage where we're ready to push again a little bit as in I wasn't, you know, I was doing what I needed to survive. 
Yeah. Uh, not chasing up new opportunities. You know, or just, some, but in the early days, just, just Yeah, just in general, like up to now, like people well, you email go into me. that, like, cocoon. Well, even you have like, to go into yeah. it. But yeah. writing for Yoga Journal. Like, right. I was really enjoying it and it just stopped. I was like, it's just became so far down the list of things yeah. I need to deal with to survive. Mm. Like, my Instagram died a little, and it's still fine, but... All of these things, you know, we, what is I, your definition of your Instagram tag? Like, like yeah, it was like, yeah. <laughs> but like, I, that's me not, not posting every day, for instance, not okay. being a good content creator. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, saying, you're plenty. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, it's just funny when you're like, you're like talking to like mortals that like get like 40 <laughs> likes on their post and you're like, well, it went from 7,800 to 7,772. Like, like, <laughs> but, but I know in your mind. Yeah. But people, cause, yeah. Cause I want that to be a, a source of income and, and Holly as well. You know, we, course, we haven't much on social media, et cetera, but we're at a point now where we're ready to, make plans again to work on our future to build again but in a different way like for me it, it feels as a mum now it feels different you know priority shift and change so yeah but I, and I don't know how that's going to look but yeah I can feel that wave coming again that kind of you know the fire in the belly I'm quite lucky that we can support each other in, in various yeah. ways obviously I remember we just said like Holly, Holly and I can travel together and teach together and yeah. I can teach my stuff then Holly can teach a completely separate thing that's nothing to do with me uh, and the fact that you know, we've got this studio that we can do stuff together in we've got amazing cameras and microphones and stuff we've got all this resource we can use so we're, we're lucky in that sense that we, we can support each other both as parents but as self-employed people. And I do, I just want to reflect, you know, you mentioned the yoga journal thing. I was so proud of you because you are, this is for, you know, Adam does say yes to everything. And, and normally when I ask him to be a source on things, he'll say yes, yes, yes. And he'll get back to me quickly because, you know, our uh -huh. deadline, they, we have this like hurry up and wait deadline and then it never gets aired. But Adam, you said, you're like, I'm in it right now. Like it was like a silly story. And I wanted to grab a quote from you and you're like, this is not priority right now. And I'm so proud of you because, you know, and, and this is exactly what the parenting does. And this is what you're talking about. Holly, you're starting to do it on a much broader scale, mm -hmm. but you know, what are we saying yes to? What are, you know, what are we saying no to? And how ultimately those are switched, right? The yes to, to one thing is a no to something else, just like a no to something is a yes to something else and figuring out that blend. Yeah, so true. But I think I think it is easy to say times to end up being really inefficient. So I think it, it, what we're maybe or what I'm certainly doing more now is 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 what am I actually saying yes to and no to a, a little bit more? Like, am I just saying no because I can't be bothered and it's a root of least resistance? Because I'm realizing now that actually I have more space than perhaps I thought, and perhaps there were certain th certain things if I just stuck back and looked that might take. I don't know, it might take a little bit more effort in the short term, but would give me a greater gain. So I think initially you're just in survival mode as a parent, like just saying no to anything superfluous. But then as time goes by, you become a little bit more intelligent, but you need to kind of step back and think, what's this, what's your, you need to know why first, like why, what's your aim in life? Like what is your aim as a parent? What do you want more of? And then think about how you're answering that, that yes and no question a little bit more intelligently. Yeah. I mean, I found that after Jonah, who's my first, that I similarly, like I was like gun shy to say yes to anything. And, but with Jacob, it, it, you know, with my second, I never stopped. I didn't stop. I was like, you know, writing really? the book up until I went into labor. And then I was like, you know, doing social media stuff while in labor. And then after I, wow. had him, I you know, and I didn't, there was no break. And I, I, 
do not recommend that. <laughs> but the difference right. between the two of where like I almost went too far on one end of the spectrum of pulling out and saying no and pulling back and then having that restart, which, by the way, was also during COVID. So it was like very mm-hmm. different times, um, you know, with Jacob, where it's your second and you're just like, oh, second kid, you know, and you keep going. It, it, <laughs> it is really finding that middle balance of, of what matters the most. So how do you guys find alone time then? If you're together, you're you're working together all the time, you're traveling together. Do you need alone time or do you, you, need do you fill up one. with these? We are one. <laughs> do you fill up together or do you do you do you get alone time? Like what are you know, I know you talked we talked about our practices and and the yoga of it, but let's talk a little more conscious coupling now. What do you do to fill your your tanks on that sense to be able to give to one another? Or is it all kind of the same? We've tried to, we've had a few date nights because I think that's important um, to make sure, yeah, we're stepping away from, from the baby and just doing something for, for us. So that's that's been really lovely. Um, we probably should be better at it, shouldn't we? Um, in what I don't know, what do you think? No, but I think when you say alone time, do you mean alone as an individual like, or alone as a together, couple? Alone as a both, couple. both. Yeah, oh, both. I mean, okay. like as a, as a couple, but, you know, also, sure, you know, like what, what you're doing as human beings, as separate mm. entities, yeah. and then mm. coming back together as a couple, because all okay. those are I different see, relationships, right? You couple, have the yeah. individual, the dyad, and then the triad yeah. of you, of you and the kids. I'd say we were kids. pretty strong. We were a pretty strong couple before COVID. And then the first few months, we didn't make that much effort for us as a couple. As what in, are you talking about? With when, when Sunny was born, the oh, first okay, few yeah. months, understandably, you know, we didn't really have us time. No. It was just Sunny and, and us. And which, was, perfect, which is perfect. Yeah. It was lovely. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't, we didn't nurture the, the relationship as a couple per se. Mm. But then we started to do that. We started to do date nights. You know, we started to be more intimate again, etc. And we, we're getting better at that now, like having time for us as a couple. Yeah. Not that things ever fell apart or anything. But then like, individually, it's hard... I, I don't like so, so for me it can be quite hard because when I'm in London in theory that's like alone time but it's work but it's really it? it's, yeah. it's it's hectic it's you know literally I might get leave the house at 6am and it's a long day that might consist of two car journeys two train journeys seven tube journeys plus walking plus you know teaching and holding space and getting back at nine o'clock at night uh so in like as far as like Holly might be concerned, Adam is off doing his his thing and he's alone. But then the reality is, it's really not. So I I actually really struggle with any yeah. getting alone time mm-hmm. because then when I'm at, when I'm at home, I always want to be with Sunny or do, or just do my duty as a dad and like help out or do house stuff. So I so I've really struggled to carve out pure alone time. Maybe sometimes when in the toilet, I need <laughs> twenty minutes. That's uh, why. That's why time. parents. That's why we all hide in the toilet. That's, yeah. You know. That's like how we like we get it. Even <laughs> like even going to the gym. Like we literally have built a gym <laughs> in the garden. There was a, there was a, a, a physical building that has like a massive squat rack, bikes, etc. And since Sin was born, I've probably been in it fifteen times, and it's lit- twenty meters away. It's got a forest. In Thirty meters right now. away. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's grown in the time yeah. since we've used. <laughs> I finally started using it again, but that just shows a perfect example of something that you know. It, I only need to be in there forty-five minutes, but that conscious effort of making the steps to get the clothes on, to mm-hmm. unlock the door, which mentally well, that seems like an obstacle. Yeah. Get to the garden, make sure everything's charged. I need to be checked. Out. That almost seems like quite an effort. Whereas I might end up just like lying on the sofa with sunny napping and just mm-hmm. sit on Instagram for 20 minutes, which is just a useless waste of time. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I find it really hard find that kind of 
proper alone time even just for the gym etc you've, you've started to manage to find that well the thing is with me is i i know i think there's a whole thing with feeling guilty around um for, you know the mum guilt uh, feeling guilty for taking that time out and self-care and things like it well if it's not guilt it, it comes at the bottom of the list because it's like you have to look after you know your baby first and you've got to clean the house you've got to do this you know the to-do list is going on forever so how are you going to find time to you know do a meditation or do a sound healing or have a you know nice candle lit bath it just seems laughable when you've got a baby but I know I feel so much better for it when I do have that time and then Sunny gets to benefit and everyone mm-hmm. else around me as well. So I am actually consciously thinking this is not, you know, a luxury. It's actually, it is really necessary that I do take this time and carve it out in my diary so that I am, you know, the best I can be in all and ways for everyone. Is Pilates and, yeah, yeah, so I am getting better at it and I'm trying to stop this guilt voice in my head because it's, it is ridiculous and it's all conditioning. And um, yeah, I'm getting back into my body, doing some Pilates. I've joined a local um, studio now and stuff. And I just, yeah, it just changes my day. Yeah. and We're quite lucky we live in the countryside as well. Like we live... So the Holly Pilates studio is on like a wine estate. Yeah, I'm just going in there. a barn. It's beautiful. Oh, so so just, yeah, even stepping outside is, yeah. is restful. Mm. Yeah, and it's nice, I think, for the you know, the, the other partner partner to force it upon their their partner. Well, like, that's I've what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah, you should up, get in. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that. I was just going to ask about that. That's so beautiful because nice. I think that's part of what's going to help. It is yeah. so much conditioning. So much of it is like you know, living in the Western world and yeah. the ideal, you know, parent and the you know, specifically, especially for women, the ideal mother. But to yeah. have a partner that encourages that alone time, that's able to say like, okay, you know, we were talking about the Brene Brown earlier. Like your yeah. tank is low. You know, here yeah. you got to go and you got to spend that alone time and that both of you are aware and conscious enough that you can give that to each other too you know where some couples I think there can be jealousy around that or you know an insecurity of the stepping away but I you know to to be aware that no you need this time and to be able to give like almost like force it upon her I love that you're like get in the bath (laughs) light the candle yeah no you are good at that yeah yeah, I mean, and, and you know, and I don't, I know I just want to remind listeners, but I'm also reminding all of us, the parents in the room right now, that we cannot pour from an empty cup, right? And and is, as much as we all tend to fall onto the bottom of those, you know, unless we are doing those things for ourselves, we will run out of steam and we won't have anything that that quality mm-hmm. time won't be quality. So even if it, you know, is just closing your eyes on the train or you know, taking the bath or just stepping outside, you know, whatever you can do for yourselves. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear how well you guys are taking care of yourselves, given that you have a 10 month old, because I'm not sure that many people have the wherewithal to do that. So it's, it's, you know, thank goodness for yoga. I think we're, yeah, we're, we're lucky in so many senses and privileged in so many senses in that we've, we've both got decent careers. We've both worked hard on ourselves. We have a good relationship in ourselves. We've got support around us. Uh, and it just makes it makes me think about those people that don't have that, like the single parent mm. that has twins, oh God, the person that doesn't have the money to feed their children. Uh, and my mom, yeah, my mom brought up three kids, uh, no part. Well, pretty much by herself. This is not with me. With me, she did, but she had before me. She brought up like three kids alone, no money, working like multiple jobs, really, you know, really struggled. Mm. Uh, no support when there's some a lot, tiny bit of support maybe, but not a lot of support. It's just for anyone listening to us have this conversation about all the things we're doing, time for ourselves, etc. Just acknowledging that for some people, it's a privilege. It really yeah. isn't. It isn't 
possible at all. Even you know, to close your eyes on on the on the train might not be possible if you have your children all day and then have to drive or cycle to work as quick as you can. I would like it. It's uh, a privilege in that sense. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up and. Yeah, I mean, and I think that people have to figure it out on on their own because they're there. You know, it's like you said, it's like when you go to the bathroom or when the kids go to sleep that, you know, you still are getting that at least even if it's just a minute for yourself. Mm. But yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're we are blessed that we you, you know, you have your parents nearby. I can I have my partner, you know, and, and a lot of people don't. But this is that. where some of these practices can come in, in that you know, everyone can do a 10 minute meditation before bed. You know, people can tap into some yoga practices. Everyone can do two poses of restorative yoga before they go to sleep. There are things that people can do. And so yoga, in the broadest sense, does offer some tools that are free and readily available that don't take a lot of time, that can be done pretty much when everyone is asleep. Uh, there are tools out there. Yeah. And, and I think also the reframing of like the length of a practice, what a practice looks mm. like, right? Because it doesn't have to be a two hour event where you're getting your leg mm. behind your head and standing up and dropping back, that it, it can be just very simply singing to the baby and, you know, being conscious and in, in the music that you're making with your body. It could be very simply closing your eyes and sitting on the edge of the bed and that reframing. Um, we're coming to the end of our time and I know it's very late for you, but I, I end these conversations asking um, this one question. And I'm so curious. I'd love both your thoughts or, or you can hand it to one or both, um, which is what's the most surprising way that your yoga practice has helped this early parenthood journey? Surprising way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think flexibility, genuinely. Like as in the ability to like pick up Sonny from low levels. Oh, you mean that physical oh, no, yeah, <laughs> like, 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 Sonny meant like adapting no, to no, sleep. No, just, <laughs> just, like, just literal flexibility and strength and the ability to yeah. carry stuff, the bend stuff. Like, even today, we're in a staircase, like no lift. So a nice, safe squat, pick up the push chair. <laughs> <laughs> the balance, the balance, and proprioception to walk down two flights of stairs whilst holding a push chair with a baby in it. Yeah, and this is like my big advocate for anyone doing yoga mobility work. Yeah, is it helps you live life yeah, efficiently yeah. if you control your body in space. And for me, it's do you know what it's been stepping away from the practice and stepping away from the mat that has helped me to reap the benefits of the practice and that surprised me because I think I thought when I stopped asana and stopped meditation I would fall apart in some way or you know I'd lose something but it's actually the space away from it has given me so much and helped me to really integrate everything that I've learned and practiced. Mm. I love that. And then, you know, it comes full circle to what we were saying in the beginning, which is like, it, you know, the yes and I know maybe Adam disagrees between informal and formal practice, but you know, yes, there's the formal physical practice of asana, but parenting is its own formal practice, right? Yeah, and it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Please yeah. <laughs> yeah. differ on that. That's just, yeah. It's weird to when people say to me, my, my, running was my yoga practice today. I was like, it wasn't. It's like you want to say. Depends what people mean. <laughs> no, there's so many levels to it, of course. So I completely there's... get what people mean when they say that. And yeah, I, 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 I get what people mean in the sentiment. 
Well, if we're thinking of like, you know, there's all these different definitions of yoga, right? But if we're thinking of yeah. the Sanskrit word yoga, which, you know, ultimately is about connection, right? Like the, the mm-hmm. word means all these different things when you look it up in, in a Sanskrit dictionary. It doesn't just mean one thing. It's also like an, a mathematical sum, an astrological conjunction, a marriage, <laughs> a con job, apparently, which that one I don't understand fully, but it's like all these different things. Then at the root of all of those things, the nucleus thought between them all is this idea of connection, conjoining and coming Mm -hmm. together. So, you know, maybe running, I mean, maybe for someone, I am not a runner. I don't even like running, like, you know, when there's traffic and the light is changing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm like you, Holly. Like I want to like have like a mindful movement, but you know, maybe for, you know, the parenting aspect of it, the relationship, the marriage aspect that those are, that is the conjunction, right? That it's like the ultimate coming together. Mm. So in that case, it can count as formal yoga. You you take whatever you want. Another podcast for another time. <laughs> exactly, another time. Well, I am so grateful to have both of you here. Huge congratulations! You're actually my last uh, guests too. You're my first couple and my last guests as we wrap up this limited series. So, I'm really honored to get to sit with you. And uh, Sunny is just adorable, and I'm so excited to be watching you both on this journey. Thank you for sharing it with all of us. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the yoga of parenting everything we discussed will be found in our show notes you can purchase a copy of the yoga of parenting book anywhere books are sold and please remember to subscribe rate and share these episodes so we can get all this wisdom to as many parents as possible follow me on instagram at sarah Ezrin yoga and the original music that you heard both at the beginning and just a moment ago is by the amazing egeman sonley you can follow Ege on ig at egeson e-g-e-s-a-n and you can find all of his amazing music on spotify big thanks to kyle rebar for being the best producer that there ever was and big thanks to all of you for listening <laughs>